So you made an NFT. Maybe you made it on OpenSea. Maybe you made it on some other platform. Now what? How do you sell it? How do you create a community around it? Or even better, how can you sell out a collection of 10,000 NFTs in just few hours? What are the few essential things that you must know before marketing your NFT collection? These are some of the questions that you will find answers to in this episode of Web3 with Sam Kamani. Hello innovators and explorers, welcome to another episode of the Web 3.0 podcast. I'm your host Sam Kamani, I am an Amazon best-selling author and a tech startup founder. I'm here to take you on a journey to explore this new land of Web 3.0 which is filled with opportunities that can help you build generational wealth. For this episode, I interview Arvind Kamse. Arvin is one of the foremost thought leaders in NFT consulting. He has consulted over 200 NFT brands and he has partnered with Reddit, Twitter and Quora. He has some very exciting current projects generating incredible profits and garnering the attention of celebrities. Listen till the end to get secrets of an expert NFT marketer. So. Let's get into it. Welcome to the show, Arvind. Before we get started, can I please get a bit of a brief um, history or a bit of your background of, of your experience and what you do these days? Yeah, sure. Thank you for having me. And I've been in marketing since 2012. I started with small businesses, of course, you know, doing a lot of like paid ads and just helping them grow their businesses. I did pretty well with them and then moved into SaaS companies and public companies. I did a lot of uh, work with like public companies wanting to increase their stock price and just getting more investors. So the investor relationship stuff. And then when I saw the opportunity about a year ago in NFTs, I and my sister, we both like really been monitoring a lot of brands. We started just flipping a lot of NFTs. And then eventually I had a successful launch with one NFT brand that they just reached out to me. And then I thought, you know what? I have a lot of experience from the um, public companies doing their investor relationship marketing, and I could bring that into the Web three, right into the into the NFT space as well. And so that's how I got into this. And just past two months, I worked with about hundred and ninety two NFT brands. A bunch of them sold out last. One of them sold out last week. Another one sold out like two weeks before that. And a bunch of them are having their mint dates coming up at the end of this month. So very excited about that. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. That's great. I have, so let's, let's just jump into it. I have lots of questions around NFTs. What cool. are most of these projects? Which blockchain are they using? Are they using Ethereum, Polygon, Mate, Solana? What are they using? Perfect. So majority of them are on ETH, as you yeah. would expect. Oh, by the way, ETH is Ethereum. So for people that just don't know what that is, yeah. uh, I think we're, we're in our own circle. We're just saying, <laughs> yes, me. Asked me the other day was like, what are you talking about? What's ETH? And so, <laughs> and then we've, I've got a bunch of, bunch of brands that I'm advising that are on Solana. I think Solana yeah. is solving a lot of the problems that Ethereum has. And maybe like ETH2, it's going to solve those, maybe not, but, and also we don't know when. So I think Solana definitely has a future. So it's worth it to yeah. actually for NFTs in the Solana as well. But what I've been telling 
old brands, unless they're on Solana or Ethereum, it's kind of hard unless their budgeting is really good or like the team is just very elaborate and they have like good, really good track record. It's really hard to go on something else other than those two. Yeah. Because first of all, like people in the US, you know, the Canada, all these countries, they're still fairly behind on NFTs to begin with. They're also fairly behind on cryptos to begin with. And, and now you, you're going to introduce a NFT, something they don't know, and also like a coin that they don't. So it's just a lot of unknowns for them at that point, right? So that's why Ethereum and Solana are the best ones, in my opinion. And is there a preferred secondary marketplace that your projects go on? Yeah, so for Ethereum, almost oh, all of them. Yeah, of course. And also, like, I think that's like a good point, though. Like, I know it uh, sounds, sounds very simplistic, but it's really good point to think about that. So, like, if you pick some secondary platform that is not as well known, then you just kind of like, it's not like adding anything to the project. It's, if anything, it just takes away, right? I think like, like Magic Eden for Solana, there's like a bunch of, bunch of platforms that out there. For the ones that they want to do auctions, I think Haloplex is really cool. I've been, I've been looking to, to them a lot and then also just been sending a lot of people their way. There's, there's going to be a bunch of other platforms like Haloplex that are com coming out especially for Solana. These are platforms that mostly not looking for the typical 10,000 collection. They're looking yeah. for, let's say 100, 500, something like that. Just very premium, very high status um, and kind of it's auction uh, nature to it. Not like so much. Of like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. That's great to know. Because as I was mentioning earlier, I am advising a couple of projects in, in the in the charity space and also that are connected with some celebrities in Hollywood. So, and that is one of the decisions we were making is that, okay, wait, do you want to keep our NFT? Because they are very limited in nature because they're giving access to these celebrities via Zoom call, via some event. So we yep. can't have 10,000. We can't have, they have capacity for 10. So they are like extremely premium and a lot of the funds from that 50% sort of going to the, after the all the fees, 50% going to celebrity, 50% going to the charity. So, so just have been thinking about this. And then yes, um, it makes sense to go to some platform like that. But at the same time, when I look at the traffic and the backend data, most of the traffic in the world is still going through through OpenSea. Of course. Um, yes, yeah, like 60-70% of all the NFT activity is through OpenSea. The other thing I have noticed on OpenSea is that the over time the pendulum is swinging from ETH to wrapped ETH, or that is polygon. Um, yes that there are more now sort of transactions than they used to be on Polygon. Yeah. And and they are and they're making it easy that they can you can use your credit card and buy Polygon if you don't own Polygon. So if you want to buy an NFT, you don't have it, then they have another. They, I think they purchased another startup. They they have so much money. You know, they just raised 300 million at 13 billion valuation, OpenSea, just last week. So probably by the time this airs in a week's time, they might have done then their another round <laughs> at double the valuation. <laughs> of course, yeah. And actually I've noticed for bidding, I believe I never bid on, um, on the, on the open sea, I always just go buy and I just know, like I have my own ways of like buying into it too. But like, for example, I was buying some uh, sandbox land the other day yes. and I noticed like for bidding, you have to have wrapped ETH. Like you can't, 
you can't just like buy, like you can't bid without actually like wrapping. So yeah. there's definitely like that, like, as you're saying, like there's definitely that move toward it. And I think when like ETH 2, 2.0 coming through too, like that probably changes things as well. No, I don't, but like, I'm just saying it, it will yes, come. Yes, it will. Yes. So the thing is that I've been involved in this space, even in 2017 and 18, the, nice. the previous sort of crypto boom. And just, just as an observer, as a developer being involved in it. And I saw the whole crypto venture and everything. But even yeah. in 2017, 18P, there was so much chatter around Ethereum that, that ETH2 is coming or Ethereum 2.0 <laughs> is coming. Right. And, and it's the same level of interest, the same level of talk that it's coming, it's coming. And we yeah. still have the same. <laughs> and, <laughs> and some say that I think in one of the podcasts that with Vitalik, someone was asking him that, that, you know, it took Ethereum six years to get here. Do you think it will take another six years to get to 2.0? And he said, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, so you don't know. It's not that easy to just move such a massive <laughs> block a to, yeah. to Actually, the demand is just so much higher. So there's even like more, uh, work, you know, to actually like convert this, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's, very, it's fascinating. And, and the yeah. thing is that these, these solutions like Polygon or Ether are doing that job. So then do we still need <laughs> Ethereum 2.0? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, like Solana is like, yeah, Solana is just trying to solve every single problem of Ethereum, like the ones that are not doing, but yeah, I, I think that's why like it, it has a future, but it's still like, it's not that well known. So then that's, yes. it's just like pros and cons, right? So Everything, everything has its pros yeah, and yeah. cons. Yeah, yeah. Very, very true. Talking about more about the pros and cons and NFT marketing, what mm. are the things that you see that NFT projects do right? And what are the things that they, you see that they do wrong? This is, yeah, this is a, this is Big a, one. like hours and hours. So <laughs> no, <Dave. laughs> but, but I would say like some of the biggest things I see, it's so, I mean, it's so obvious, but I think brands, a lot of brands that are coming into NFTs, by the way, I noticed. So I've, I've, like I said, just like past two months, it's almost 200 brands. I see a lot of uh, brands that are coming uh, to this space and sometimes they're at the beginning, sometimes they're larger. They've done a bunch of launches already. But what I've noticed is that a lot of them do not have a ton of experience in internet marketing. And so they come in with their knowledge coming through from just what they've observed from other people's Twitter, other people's Discord communities, and then also like what's being shown on social media. So then they see like some, some like 12 year old teenagers did a launch in like four days and made a bunch of money. They, 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 they think, so why not? Like, you know, we should do the same thing. Right. But what they don't realize is like what goes on behind it. So like the community, the artwork, what was actually like happening in there? Like no one actually takes the time. I mean, not no one, but like a lot of people don't take the time to actually like go past the surface to see like why, why certain things happening in a specific way. So like one brand specific, a uh, few days ago, they sold out in like 17 minutes and yeah. actually went in and just like looked into, cause there was a lot of talks behind their project. Right. So yes. people had like, it was somewhat controversial and then. And then, so a lot of people came to me and they were like, Hey, like, how did they build their discord? For example, so quickly, right? Did they buy uh, followers? Did they buy people like for members for their discord? And so that brings me to the first thing is I think a lot of these brands, they come in uh, to this space, they don't have any followers or members. And then what they do, 
they, the first thing that comes to their mind is they're like, well, if we don't have anyone in our Twitter or Discord, no one wants to be the first one. So therefore we must go buy followers or like, you know, Twitter followers or like Discord members. And then, so what I tell them instead is like people, especially now, nowadays with like people, with, uh, influencers talking about these things, experts talking about these things or podcasts, just like yourself, you're doing amazing stuff. And, and people are more knowledgeable. So they understand if you have, you know, 10,000 people on your discord that you just bought and then every, all the people that on, on there, they just say, hello, nothing else. They know it's a bot, you know, they know it's not real. Yeah. Um, and so it just takes away from that brand that they want to build for years to come. Cause that's also something that some people don't think about. They think yeah. about that first minting day. And they haven't thought about like what's happening after that, right? Yep. Versus like, okay, there has a, there is a future past that. Yeah. The thing is that the reason why uh, Board APR Club is successful is because the ongoing engagement, because they create events, because they create other secondary drops and all sorts of things that that ongoing thing creates the value for secondary sales. And if you don't have that, if you don't have a thriving community, then you're just not going to get that. And then so many people have been rug pulled in this space that people want to see the activity on Discord, a real activity on Discord before they trust you and buy something off of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In fact, Discord um, is the number one goal for NFT brands to, if they want to sell out, that's the, the true north, what they yes. need to actually pay attention to. So they want to have somewhere around three to five times the number of the collection as Discord members. Okay, so let's Absolutely. They do like, let's say 10,000. They want to have like at least 30 to 50,000 people in their Discord. And real people, not bots. Yeah, exactly, real people. And then, and then what's really important, just like you're saying, so the, that brings us to like talking about like utilities, right? So if you don't have any utilities, if you really haven't thought about like what the roadmap is actually you're going to deliver, you may end up just right after the mint date. And I've seen this in some brands. They really don't have even a, a marketing plan, uh, don't have like any engagement. They were just so excited about like they just minted and everything is done, right? And then the community just dies, right? Yes. And when oh, that happens so much. Yeah. When that happens, it's, it's not easy to just recover it. Now you got to kind of like come up with like creative ways to do that right but the best things i've seen is the continuity right so like just like you were talking about like brands just never stop right they continuously come up with these new things even if you're kind of like, like the flipper type in that community you still kind of like have that formal like i just sold my um one uh, one nft from a brand that gary v bought into uh, that got somewhat expensive and i you know i, I 10x my my investment in that in that nft flip but i still kind of like th thinking thinking back i'm like oh they now they're just rolling out the next generation of this thing and that other thing and this utility and this other utility they're coming up with all these cool things so i'm like kind of thinking back to just be like maybe i'll go buy again <laughs> like you know what i mean so that's very important for for uh, for people to just know okay hey like if you have something cool like one of the brands i worked with uh, like san vegas casino club so they distribute 50 percent of the profit of their casino to their holders so you if you're getting paid every month you're going to hold on to it right so those absolutely. are like absolutely there's just no yeah yeah right real reasons for you to hold on to things yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'd love to put you on spot and say that <laughs> like, like, let's say there is, there is 10,000 BFP collection launching. So it's for those who don't know that it's like more like a profile page image sort of thing. You can call it like that people use in some, some of you might have seen some celebrities using an NFT as their profile image. And those sort of NFTs, they are generally, most of the times they are a picture of an animal, like, like a monkey or a lizard or something. And then, and there are 10,000 variations of this. Some are rare, some are not so rare and and so say someone is launching these um, sort of a thing and it's a lazy mint that is that people have to whitelist and people go and mint it and people who are minting it pay for it so if a collection like that is launching and someone is just starting out they that's what they want to do what should they do what's in a in just in brief bullet points what yeah. steps should they take <laughs> Love it. Okay, cool. So first, first thing first, I like them to have like their roadmaps uh, very well uh, written. So meaning you don't want people to come into your website, you bring that all that traffic and then people be like, okay, hey, like you promising all these things, have you thought it through? Like you, you want to, let's say, ha like, let's say you have this uh, cool thing in the metaverse. Have you bought a land for it? Like, where's your land? Right. Where, yeah. Are you in sandbox? Are you in the central land? Have you contacted them? Do they let you even do like, so very elaborate, very uh, well thought roadmaps. So that's very important. And then of course, you know, the artwork has to be great. And so once, once these are all taken care of, then, then the main goal is, like I said, uh, three to five times the number of uh, your collection, um, in discord members. So that's your true North. That's the only thing that matters. In fact. If you notice, a lot of brands are disproportionately larger on Discord versus Twitter. So although having a Twitter following is important too, it doesn't matter as much. So you can only just focus on Discord. Now, the way you want to do that, the best ways that I found and I help a bunch of brands to do this, of course, it depends on the budget and like, you know, what the, what the goals of the, the teams are, but it's not to actually say when the when the mint date is before you start your marketing. So a lot of people just see on the social media, they say, well, everyone done it in two weeks and one month. So we should do the same, right? But they haven't figured things out. So then they go in and announce it. And then they end up just saying, telling their people be like, oh, actually like we need another month, right? And that's not good. So that's what I really true. like people to do before they actually announce the, the dates of minting, is start their marketing, go really hard on their marketing for a week. And then uh, under uh, Discord Server Insights, so there's an option called Discord Server Insight, they can actually see how many Discord members they're gaining every week. So for that week, they can see, okay, what is their pace after they've done, let's say, and I'll tell you some stuff they can do too, like, you know, the paid, the paid influencers, the paid advertising, the organic way, and I can like walk you through those things too. But if they do all of that for a week, and then they see what their pace is, then they want to say, based on that, how many weeks it's going to take them to get to that three to five uh, times the number of their collections uh, in Discord. And then they announce it to their people and say, hey, this is what we're going to do, right? That's the proper way of doing it versus doing announcing first and then figuring it out because that's not good because sometimes they don't. And, and then people just kind of like, the community kind of dies down because they're like, well, these people are now serious. Yes. 
Yeah, very, very true. Of course, that is the influencer. And even when I worked in esports, we used, we predominantly used influencer marketing back in the days, Twitch influencers, YouTube influencers. And these days it is the TikTok influencers, Twitter influencers and in, in our space, in the NFT space and all this. And then of course, people with other Discord groups and stuff, other NFT projects and stuff. What are some organic methods that they can try to market to, to yes. build a Discord? So my, my experience is, you know, running $500,000, um, a, a month advertising for companies. So my background and what I really like is paid as is fast, is, is effective. It's really strong and powerful, right? So that's what I really like. So I always shy away from organic stuff. However, I do know what works. So you may have seen people, you know, mass DMing on uh, discord, on Instagram. I actually hate to see it myself. Having said that, brands still do, let's say, half a million DMs every week. And that has been working really well for them. So there are teams out there, you know, from sometimes it's third world countries or sometimes it's even like, you know, in, in, the, in the US, UK, whatever. But I've seen these brands that they offer this. And as much as I don't like it, it still works. So like I've, I know it works. I absolutely yeah. know it works. And and I miss, like, I ignore all of them and I wish like they could just never send me anything, but it still works. Right. So there's that. And then, and that's on Instagram and discord, both of them and the, but you have to do a volume, right? So like when I say half a million a week, that's, that's the, that's the, that's the marketing. Volume. Yeah. That's the type of volume we're talking about. Then you can do shilling as well. So, you know, people go on. It could be like a army of people you just like hire. They go on like different Discord uh, channels. They get in, they actually have conversations with people. And then they tell people, hey, this is why you should join. I think it's kind of cool. But again, I'm not really big fan of these organic things to begin with. But it, that also still works. So like they yeah. actually engage people, show, they tell them. And it's just because it's like a, another person that's talking about a brand. It just comes across as authentic and people like it and they're like, well, okay, I'll give it a go. And the other uh, things that people can do, there's other ways of building, for example, Twitter, like going on liking and commenting on other people, like targeted, yes. targeted yes. in the NFTs, following, unfollowing, all of these. So the caveat with all of these is that they all work weirdly enough. As, long, yes. as much as I don't like them, they all work. However, if it's done in a improper way, if the shilling or anything that, if the smallest thing that goes wrong in it, where like people be like, these guys are trying to cut corners, that will trigger the biggest fear in NFT investors, which is like, this brand is going to be a rug pull, right? So as long as these organic things are done in a way that is not triggering that in people. And also just, I mean, I guess taking a step back, the brand that doing these things to begin with, they should just have really great intentions to, be, to not be a rebel to begin with, right? Yeah. Um, yes. When they do these marketing, if they do it and, you know, they're going on other people's, let's say YouTube channels, commenting on their stuff and just as a, like, again, shilling, right? So just for people who don't know what like that term shilling is, is essentially you be an influencer that's talking about something that looks like you're not biased about, but you are really biased about it. That's basically the explanation. So it's out there. It works. I don't like it. I wish we wouldn't do it, but it still works. 
I know, I know it absolutely works. And what about on the paid side, since you have so much experience on the paid side, what would you do if you were coming up with the sort of a 10K PFP collection or a perfect five? So my, my bread and butter, my favorite of all is combining paid influencers and paid advertising. So the way it works is, I mean, I wish I could draw it for your audience, but basically let's say you get an influencer with hundred thousand followers and they do a tweet for you. Maybe you pay them. Maybe sometimes if they really like your project, they just want to collaborate with you. You don't even have to pay them, but sometimes you, you do pay them. And if, especially if they're uh, larger influencers, uh, you, you definitely have to pay them. And now let's say you do this tweet with them out of, let's say this influencer has hundred thousand followers and they do a tweet and they're going to be able to reach maybe 10,000 of their own followers organic, mm-hmm. right? Just with the na- just how the nature of social media platforms are, yeah, yeah, right? Just so you run ads, you incentivize to run ads. Yes. So out of those, out of those ten thousand people, maybe you get three hundred followers, and that happens in twenty four hour time frame. Okay, so this is okay, but it's really just okay. It's kind of lame. Mm-hmm. So what you can do though, you can add paid ads to this and just really maximize on that partnership that you're already doing with a paid influencer. The way it works is there's a there are a bunch of softwares out there. Uh, software out there that you scrape the usernames of the followers of an influencer, and then you turn that into an audience, upload it on Twitter, and then you can run ads directly to the followers of that influencer. Now, this time around, instead of them being able to reach 10,000 of their own followers, you help them reach almost all of their followers. So that tweet that they did for you is going to be known to almost all of their followers. This time, Let's say out of those 100,000 followers, maybe they reach 90,000 of their followers. This time around, maybe you get a minimum like one to 2,000 new followers for your brand. And this is still happens in the same time frame. So this is, my, yeah, this is my biggest, biggest one, right? Now you can do other variations of this too. Now, I hope I don't get in trouble for doing this, but you can literally just, let's say if there's an influencer that you don't have access to. You can still actually run ads to their followers. And let's say, let's say someone's been talking about, I'm actually going to go say it. So let's say, let's say Gary V has been talking about anime NFTs are underrated, right? You can technically use that endorsement. And let's say you have an anime NFT. You can run an ad directly to his followers and just say that, be like, Hey, you know how Gary has been talking about anime NFTs underrated? Here's an opportunity to invest in one. Right. So now you just like sit on that endorsement from Gary. That's to his followers. Obviously, they know who Gary is. And then now you introduce your brand and you connected your brand to that. Right. So this is kind of um, borderline. It may just piss some influencers off because they'd be like, well, that's just like, you know, it just takes away from what they're doing. And I mean, I do. I actually in the past, I used to manage influencers myself. I think. The, their value is never going to go away. They still, there's so much value. In oh, fact, so much value, so much value. They can do things that paid ad is still really hard to do. And one of that is being in live events, live, you know, Twitter spaces, those type of things. And right. say, they exactly. then name drop your, or like exactly. in esports, we used to do a lot of Twitch. And if they are talking about in a live gameplay in Twitch, you just can't replicate it in ads, but Look, your strategy is spot on. It is the most bang for your buck sort of strategy. Exactly. And and I still tell people with even with that is to just always do 
paid ads and influencers, never just do paid ads or never just do paid influencers. I like to combine them, right? And then the third variation is what people do improperly, which is, you know, they go on other people's Discord channels that are like similar to them. And then they just like mass DM them and everything in a, in a way that's just maybe spammy. So what I like to do instead, let's say if your brand is like bored apes and you think followers of mutant apes are going to be relevant to yours as well, you can run as directly to their followers. And you, by ju you just showing what your brand looks like, it's ch chances are they're going to be interested in your stuff as well. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You say that. <clears throat> now talking about, you know, this was for the bigger, larger projects, talking yeah. about individual artists who are creating wow. like 10 or five or three art pieces, and yeah. they're spending a lot of time creating these art pieces. What about for someone like that? What marketing should they look at? So this is kind of interesting. So my first marketing that I did with, with an artist in the NFT space was actually about three, four months ago. So back in, I want to say October, 2021 and back then, so first of all, things have changed dramatically with ad platforms. So for example, Facebook and Instagram, they lifted their ban on crypto. Now you can run ads freely about NFT, crypto, as much as you want. You can take people directly to Discord. They're bre breaking all their own rules basically right now, right? Yes. And it's probably in the, in the benefit of themselves, you know, building the metaverse. So going back to like what I was saying about that artist, we, we literally, this guy had 10 artwork and it was just like an artist uh, from Italy, actually. And what we did was we launched an ad. And then we were taking people directly uh, from Twitter ads to OpenSea, which is a no-no in any types of advertising. You can never take people directly to a platform that you do not own. However, we did that at that point. And at that point, Twitter, they didn't have the rules and regulations that they do have now. And so at that point, this guy literally sold out in three days by just running. I think he ran somewhere around 300 bucks and each of his artwork were about like $5,000 and he sold all of them. So we just ran an ad directly from on Twitter, directly to his OpenSea page. And now you cannot do that anymore. Like that's completely out of the question. You will hundred percent get banned. But back then that's, that's what worked. What, what I do tell people to do now, if uh, they're a very small collection is to, is to really go into these platforms like Haloplex or platforms that they do auctions, right? And because those platforms are new themselves, they're very invested in actually marketing you, putting you on the front page of their website and just like yes. really partnering up with you. And so now Haloplex, I believe is for Solana. I'm pretty sure there's going to be some coming out or if they're not already for uh, Ethereum as well. And so that's the direction I would go. Now, these guys still need to build their own following. I'm sure if it's an artist, they at least have some following on Instagram. So it's best to just use that and just now start telling their followers, be like, hey, now I'm actually getting into this NFT. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create some maybe legendary, some premium stuff um, that only is rare and only, you know, um, going to be 10 of them, right? And yeah. it can actually have access to that, right? So yeah, that. yeah. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. You pretty much are spot on when, when it comes to marketing NFTs, like everything that you say, last two questions, say it is, it is one of your own project. One is like, I don't know, 5k or 7k art, or uh, sort of lazy mint PFP collection. 
what sort of budget and time frame would you allocate to? Yeah, that's like literally my number one question. I get that question probably 50 times a day. And so literally people messaging me everywhere. They're like, hey, so like, what's the budget we should put in? So it, it depends on many factors. So like Absolutely. the website, the, the artwork, the team, the road, if it's like 2D, 3D versus like, let's say if it's a game. If it's like, there's a staking going on, there is me to play to earn what the business model is, all those factors just play into it. Right. So if they have influences, if the artwork is amazing or if it's not, so there's a lot of factors. However, if, um, there, so I literally have almost like a Yelp for, um, influencers. So I have this like vetted influencer sheet, um, that I give to my clients that has like a list of all influencers with their pricing and then what the outcome was when we did work with them. Right. So yeah. the brands that they worked with me, so there are 200 plus, they all had written like what the outcome was when they worked with a specific influencer. So in that sheet, the pricing that I've seen is anywhere from uh, 200 bucks all the way to $20,000 for getting influencers. Now influencers like with larger following. Sometimes they do more than just like one post. Sometimes they create a video for you and they also do a huge poll. So sometimes it's not a bad idea to just not like spend like to, you know, to get like 10 influencers, just get one instead. Uh, that's like really big. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so there's that as far as the paid influencers budget, the paid outside of things typically per new discord member is about a dollar. Um, now because you always combine. You never do paid ads on its own. It's actually going less than that. So less than a dollar per new Discord member. But if you just did paid ads alone, which I never advise, that would be a dollar per new Discord member. And then, and then when it comes to Twitter followers, uh, the, the budgeting is at worst, like meaning like if you just, if you complete newbie and you do everything wrong, you should get at worst $3 per new followers. But if you're, if you're doing a good job, if you're, you're actually ad copy and creatives are good, then you can get, you know, a dollar less than a dollar. That's, that's yeah. completely cool as well. But then again, you should never just do these things on their own because it will be expensive. You should always do combine them, right? But when you combine it with an influencer, then things just exponentially go up and the cost will go down actually. Okay. Yeah. Now, so that's as far as that. Now, the other thing I would say, this is, I think if I were to just tell, I, I almost want to just go on a rant and talk about this because so many brands come to me and they say like, we've got 10,000 and I'm like, why, why do you have 10,000? Like, why not just, exactly. why not just 2000? Yes. Um, yes. So the, the, the reason I think weirdly enough, this is like a completely digital community, everything like there's some couple got married in the metaverse like a few months ago. Right. So like, yeah. it's so, it's so digital, everything, but the word of mouth in the NFT community is very strong. So yeah. the first, per, the first brand that did 10,000, everyone after them, they never questioned like, why, why 10,000? Yeah. Why, why did you, why did they do 10,000? Why should we do 10,000? So a lot of them just like by default do 10,000. So their budget has to be a lot larger, right? So there's one brand I worked with, they had like a few months before the mint date, they were spending $14,000 a day on their advertising, just paid ads, nothing, not, not even included other um, investments that they had. Right. And then maybe two weeks before their, their, their actual mint date, they're just on Twitter ads alone. They spent about 200 K. Right. So these are not small budgets that anyone could, you know, cover. So I, for that reason, I actually tell people be like, Hey, you know, you can actually make money from your first launch, do it smaller. So do maybe 2000, make money from that. 
and then you have the community, it's going to be a lot simpler to launch another one to them. So exactly. then do thousand and then another 2000 up to, you know, as many times as you want. You don't have to go 10,000 from the top because then what if you can't do it? And then that just like, um, makes the name and the community Yes, right. The the budget for a 2000 launch is very different to a 10,000 launch. Okay. And, and, and then once you've done a 2000 successfully, now you are liquid. Now you can actually spend money on do really cool things with a larger budget as well. Yeah. Yeah, very, very true. Fantastic. And what about for an artist, an individual artist with just 10 pieces? Yeah, what the budget should be? Yes, budget should be. Honestly, like I said, like... The, the I know, that, like a few hundred dollars is probably enough. I don't yeah. know, not enough if you do it right, if you do it right. Exactly. So I've seen like artists, sometimes they just, as soon as they just say like they're going to do something, like half of their followers, they're just like on it already. You know what I mean? So if yeah. they have some sort of following, Sometimes this is not a very difficult thing to do. Like just between their like really loyal fans and like friends and family, they, they could just like have it like completely like sold out in like seconds. But, but then if, if they are still to create a community, they don't have to create as much of as large of a community. So maybe a thousand is like good, good size for them. Right. And then they can just like budget until like they get to that. And like, what I also like to do is like, as far as budgeting, you know, do whatever you can, whatever budget that you have in mind that you think is is proper and it's also it's also manageable for you and then just see see okay so how many discord members you gain divided up by that budget that you spent and then see what's your cost per acquisition is and then say okay you still have this much to go and just calculate it see how how much you know how much you actually need to put in and quite honestly to me it's actually worth it if like brands that they don't have they're not liquid to just not to take their time, you know, go like do other things, maybe yeah. flip a bunch of NFTs, make more money and then come back. There's no rush. You know, you don't have yeah. to, like a lot of people in December had, like they were just so um, adamant about launching in December just because they felt like the the crypto price is going to be different. I mean, they are different as we're seeing it right now, yeah. but there's not really a rush right now. Maybe yeah. right now, but, you know, they can, they can just take their time. Yeah, very, very true. And you know, crypto prices go up and down. Doesn't really matter. Like do, do your own thing and it's all yeah. learning experience at, at, at the end of the day. So, so yeah, yeah. so no, th- this has been fantastic and so, so valuable. Two days ago, I was talking with someone who they create the, the technology to run NFT marketplaces and they have over 1000 NFT marketplaces using their solution and, nice. and even they're like, you know, marketing makes all the difference when it comes to an NFT project. People don't care what underlying um, rails you are using to um, <laughs> to create the smart contracts and all those things. So I know, and the, and the marketing, by marketing, I mean the strength of the community. Web3 is more community driven than any other thing I've ever seen before. It's like back in the days, if you are trying to do SaaS marketing, you do not have to worry about building a thriving community. <laughs> you know, it's not like to use a CRM software, someone is going to see how active is your community on Discord. Mm-hmm. But now people see that in, in, in any project in Web3, whether it's a DAO or a DeFi or, or an NFT project. So, so this has been a very valuable session. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast i have one last question before we go and what is your ask are you looking for anything are you looking for team members are you looking for investors customers what are you looking for and how do people find you 
Yeah, so the best place to find me is on Twitter and Instagram, a Fortune 500 marketer. That's my handle. And then as far as what I'm looking for right now, honestly, the, the biggest thing is I just want to reach as many people as I can to because I just see there's a lot of, there's just a lot of uncertainty around like brands wanting to do great things. And a lot of them actually have like really big goals of, just, you know, uh, donating a lot of money to charities and doing really cool things with the community and just like really fun things that they do with the community, but they don't know how. And I want to be able to actually be that person helping them, moving them along uh, in this journey. So that, that would be it. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you, Arvin, so much for your time. I'll put all the links to, to your Instagram, to your Twitter in the show notes on every platform that this podcast goes out to. So it's great to have you on the show. And also thank you to you, the audience of this podcast. Are you someone who is working on an NFT project? Or do you have an NFT project and need some help with marketing it? Then feel free to reach out to me. My DMs are open. I am active on LinkedIn and a little bit sometimes on Twitter or pretty much nearly any platform. Just look for me, reach out to me and I will be happy to connect you to Arvind. I know lots of people in this space. So if you need any help, just feel free to reach out. Don't be shy. My DMs are open for you. Finally, thank you once again for tuning in and listening to this episode. I would love to connect with you. So reach out to me. Reach out to me. If you have any questions about Web3, I would love to answer them. And if I cannot, then I will find an expert who can. Finally, share this podcast with a friend who you think should know and learn more about Web3, who you think should get involved in the world of crypto, decentralized finance, metaverse, NFTs, and more. Thank you once again and have a fantastic day.